be a long night. I'm thinking to send a date. I just hope the bus don't break down again, Danny. I think we got her fixed this time, Heather. We're brothers of the road. We've lost all our control. And we won't hang it up for anyone. We'll keep right on going. The wind just won't stop blowing this old silver-sided bus on through the night. Everybody. The B-O-T-R are back. It's the Brothers of the Road. Oh, yeah. You see what I did there? Yeah, I see what you did there. Tonight's a wild night. You know why it's wild, Cole? Yeah, I know why it's wild, but the folks don't. Because in about five hours, we have to drive from Columbia, Tennessee in this Airstream, our Airstream (sighs) studio. We have to drive... To Nashville, Tennessee, to catch a plane to New York City. We've never been to New York City. No, we haven't. We're going out on tour with Mr. Captain himself, Captain Craig Morgan. We won't be able to say we've never been to New York City after tomorrow. Oh, that's right. I'm excited to see Ground Zero and the Statue of Liberty. Oh, yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be great, yeah. We're super excited. The show tomorrow night got canceled, so we've got the whole day to mingle around we New got York City. the whole day we got reservations 5 p.m at frankie's italian restaurant i told you i know you did i told you and scott our cousin scott me. he said that that's his favorite and i knew he didn't even tell me i knew he was going to go there yeah I'll, even though there's one in nashville <laughs> it don't matter no there ain't one in new york there's the one in nashville ain't new york city though. yeah well there ain't a mama mila's in new york city uh, either and that's all i'm saying that's the best italian food i ever did have yeah it's the truth uh, I want to tell you guys right now, if you guys get a chance and you like this podcast and you and you like what we're doing and you like that we're trying to keep country music alive and real, if you guys wouldn't mind, there's a few different ways you can help us, and that's by following our Patreon. Patreon, uh, There's different tiers all the way from, I believe, $3 up to $100 a month. And uh, if you just want to support us, it really helps out a tremendous amount. If you go to patreon.com slash the Reeves bros, uh, Leave a review on our podcast if you can. That really helps. It sends it out to new people that are wanting to hear podcasts about music. And if you wouldn't mind, just share it with a friend of yours uh, that listens to podcasts that you think might enjoy it. And uh, other than that, I think that we can tell them what this episode is going to be about, Matt. The episode today is going to be about the journey. This is not about our travels. This is about the journey. This is about the journey of the Reeves brothers, because this is going to be about, uh, it's essentially going to be about a place called the Saddle West in Pahrump, Nevada. The Saddle West. Saddle. And uh, the Saddle West was like this old, uh, it was a house that they turned into a casino, and then they kept just expanding. By the time we were there, they had... uh, It was a pretty good-sized casino. Yeah, remember when we were little, they like expanded it again, though, and they added a bunch of rooms oh, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, anyways, our dad had a set down job there when we were when we were kids after he left the stage stop, and 
And uh, he was there every Sunday for about three years. So that's what today's episode is going to be about, all of the all of the craziness that happened. And somehow there was more craziness because they kind of let Cole and I just roam wild at the, state, or at the, at the Saddle West. And we did. We were a little older, too. Yeah, they, they didn't let us just go buck wild down there at the stage stop. But by the time we got to Saddle West, Saddle West was like, let them do their thing. Yeah, they let us do their thing. And the security one of the security guards there knew it. So we're going to get into yeah. that. We're going to talk about all of that. Before we do that, we want to give a huge thanks to our pals over at You Know Where, You Know the Drill. It's a place called Tough Coat, and it's in Bentonville, Arkansas. They've got 20 years of experience, and they continue to keep a total commitment to customer satisfaction. Let me tell you what, for real, if you're looking for spray-in bed liner, custom tumbler cups, or waterproofing, it's a place to be, it's a place to go, it's a people to know if you are in Bentonville, Arkansas, or in the northwest Arkansas area. You can go to toughcoatbentonville.com. Or call 479-715-6039 and schedule your appointment. And uh, Jeff over there and his lovely staff will take completely great care of you. Uh, they're some of the best people we know, not just at what they do, at who they are. So make sure and uh, visit Tough Coat in Bentonville, Arkansas, because if it weren't for them, this podcast would be no more. It'd be dead. On that note, cue the music. You're listening to Brothers of the Road. Our whole life, people have felt like there was something intriguing about our normal. Well, we're here to tell you what our normal is. Life, love, country music, and two brothers traveling on the road together year-round while sharing an Airstream together just outside of Nashville. Sit back and enjoy the ride as we take you on a journey throughout the country with the stories from yours truly. The, the Brothers, brothers of, of the road. road. Ladies and gentlemen, the year... 03? Yeah, it had to be about 03. I think so. 2003, Jan gets da- – our dad, everybody's done with the stage shop. Well, Jan wasn't done with the stage shop. She continued to own the stage shop, but Jack Reeves was done with the stage shop. He was. He was, he tired, was tired of working, working. every night. Yeah. He was uh, – well, in 2003, our dad would have been 66 years old. Yeah. I do believe. I believe that's that's right, yeah. 66 years old, and he was just tired of going to work at the bar every night, five nights a week, four or five nights a week at this time. They had dwindled his nights down uh, to four nights, I believe, three nights, and then I think he played Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then the Sunday jam. So he was down to four nights, and he was just getting tired of it. He wanted to wanted to move his show over to the Saddle West because they paid double the money, and he had to work a quarter of the amount of time. Yeah. So I remember him signing the contract up there with him, and the deal was that he started off – at like five hundred dollars, and then after six months, he got a hundred dollar raise, and then by the end of it, he making seven hundred dollars a night down there once a week. He was doing pretty good. Yeah, he enjoyed it, uh, he loved and it. and he didn't want to completely quit because he liked the the interaction with the people. He liked that more than he liked the singing part. Yeah, so he's like, if I work one day a week, I can get to see every, all my friends and everybody that comes out, and we'll have a good time. He started. Uh, it wasn't long. He was. I mean, he was dominating Saddle West. I mean, yeah. that place was packed every... There was always a couple hundred people there. Every Sunday, yeah. It was a big old... It was a bingo hall. It was a bingo hall. It was actually like the showroom, but they turned it into a bingo hall, and then Dad kind of turned it back into a showroom. Because if you remember, they had the bar set up, and they had a nice stage. Yeah. Uh, always always crummy sound. Dad was always fighting with the sound. Yeah, he... Uh, he, yeah. he never could get the sound right, and there was he a could. huge room. And he tried, he tried to mount them big column PV speakers yeah, up on, on the wall yeah, and aim them down at the crowd in the back so he didn't have to blow out the people in the front to get to the people in the back. But I don't even know if he ever had them columns running. No, I think he couldn't get them running right. 
He so. couldn't get him running right. He didn't. He wasn't really educated on how to run things that complex. Yeah, <laughs> having another set of speakers going. He was yeah. He was a daisy chainer. He was a daisy chainer. Our dad was the king of the daisy chain and the king of PV. Yeah, he loved PV gear and he loved daisy chaining. Yeah. Actually, to the point where one night, about a ninety-three-year-old lady pissed him off so much over his sound that. He ended up having to go to the fire department because we didn't have an emergency room in Pahrump at the time because his blood pressure was 215 over like 140 or something. It was because outrageous. Because he told a 90-year-old woman to kiss his ass and get her own damn band. Because she was complaining at how loud it was over and over and over again. And finally he realized when at the point there was going to be no satisfying her. Uh, yeah, he, he, uh, he told, told her, her to, to kiss his ass and get her, get her own band. Then he got to feeling bad because she was old. She was old. My grandma. She was old, and and our dad actually sat down at the table. We would go eat every Sunday after the show was over. The show ended at midnight, and we would go eat breakfast at midnight with a bunch of people from the the show. And our dad got so worked up sitting there, he's like, I can't believe I told that 90-something-year-old woman to kiss my ass. If somebody told my mother that, I'd beat beat him to death. Beat the brakes off them boys. And uh, we had to leave dinner because his face was so red that people were like, your, your blood pressure ain't right. You're going to have a stroke sitting here. And he's like, I'm fine. <laughs> and he finally, was not fine. He went to the fire department, and they did his blood pressure. It was 215 over like 130 or 140, and they begged him to take him to Vegas yeah. to the hospital. And he said, no, I know, I know why I'm so upset. Because God forbid, just because you know why you're upset not going to the hospital with <laughs> 215 over 140 blood pressure he didn't he went on nothing happened no better so so yeah that was just i mean that along uh, there was always some action going on like him trying to beat up burke uh burke was another guy around dad's age maybe four or five years old burke was an avid lover of of coming out to watch dad at the stage stop and he always had he always had one request and that was uh yeah, silver wings, which our dad hated silver wings. He didn't like doing it. He's like, this is one of Merle Haggard's worst songs. He was not a fan of silver wings. Burke was definitely Burke did not hold for... that opinion. And and Burke one night requested silver wings, and our dad, dad had a bunch it. of requests. It's probably the beginning and of his dementia. <laughs> probably was. Yeah, it was probably the beginning of his Alzheimer's. And, uh, and yeah, so he forgot that he forgot to do the request and he had a bunch of other requests and Bert came up and was like, I requested the damn song 30 oh. minutes ago and I want to hear it. And he got real aggressive. He cocked an aggressive tone with our father, which is just something that you didn't do. Our dad loved fighting. So our dad he said, said he didn't, but he did. Yeah, oh yeah, he acted like he he didn't like enjoy fighting, but he was quick to tell Bert, go outside because I'm getting ready to kick your ass. Yeah. So I can remember. And Burke's about 81 at this time. I See, I think Burke was early 70s. No. I think Burke, Matt Burke, I mean, was light on his feet. He was on that dance floor. Them and Dad were in the same age group. I <laughs> think he was a few years older than Dad. He was Dad was 66 at this time. He wasn't using just for men like Jack Reeves, I can tell you that. No, I can watch. I can see Burke right now on my phone th- dancing. And uh, so, anyways, Burke uh, obliges. And goes outside. I can remember Dad walking straight through the middle. Cowboy was there that night from the first episode of the stage stop, which was the first fist fight I ever saw was Cowboy. Cowboy was there because I remember him talking to me about it and be like, oh, your dad's fine. Don't worry about him. And Dad went outside with Burke. And now all we know after that is what our dad said. And our dad went out there and said, Burke, I'm going to kick your ass. And Burke is like, I am not going to fight. I didn't come out here to fight. 
I didn't come out here to fight. And Dad's like, well, I did. And Bert's like, Jack, you can't hit me. He's like, and Dad chewed his ass. Dad's told like, don't come not, back. If we're not here to fight, let me tell you what, partner. Don't ever come back to my show and again. And by God, Burke stood his ground. Burke did. He said, no, you <laughs> won't run me away from the Jack Reeves show because you're my favorite band, and you will not get me out of here. And Dad's like, I don't ever want to see you again, Burke, and I'll never do that damn Silver Wings <laughs> again. And he's like, well, you won't get me to not come and to your I, show. And I ain't going to quit requesting it. And he didn't. He He won. Dad did it next week. He probably did it that night. <laughs> he won. At the end of the day, Burke won that little war because Burke never quit coming out. Nope. And, and Dad, Dad ended up never just, quit doing the song that he hated for nope, Burke. Nope. Dad, Dad let it go because Burke refused to fight. And if you remember, those people were at the pool with the little children, and later Dad saw that there was little kids out there, and he came out and apologized to them people because he, he felt bad for cussing in front of their kids. Yeah. Burke. Burke. At that same pool, there was a lot of good times at that pool. Oh, there was. Our dad somehow coaxed our current manager slash first cousin, Scott Reeves, into doing... Hosting. Uh, hosting. Our dad and our cousin got involved in this thing called Fortune High Tech. And it was like... Uh, what does Scott always call them? Oh, it's a multi, <laughs> multi-level marketing. Don't go calling them a pyramid. Scott, it, don't call them pyramids. It's a multi-level marketing. Yeah, multi-level. I don't, Pyramids have I don't think they thought. I don't think they thought of them as a pyramid. Because Dad used to say, now, I wouldn't ever do a pyramid. Yeah. But they were definitely involved in this Fortune 500 for a short time until they realized that it was not going to work. And They're, then they all got out of it. Yeah, they're like, like this, isn't no. a good, this isn't a good idea. And uh, so, Dad was just like, "Hey, Scott, my little my little nephew Scott's on the Young and the Restless, and I'll have him do an autograph signing down here, and and we'll we'll draw the people because of him, and then we'll take a intermission in between the singing, and we'll have a full blown presentation for Fortune High Tech, full blown, and they did it, they did it, and it worked." Yeah. And then it led into and then Scott, some Scott whooped out his guitar, and he did a little That's Just the Cowboy and Me by Tim McGraw for everybody. Yeah, and and then, all them housewives that were like 45 or 50 were just goo-goo-eyed. Wild over Scott. <sighs> so anyway, we did that, and then that ended up a whole other thing where we ended up at some pizza parlors doing some presentations with Dad when we were little kids in Las Vegas so that uh, nobody ever saw any money out of Fortune 500. No. Move on. Good times. Dad calls his good buddy Red Simpson in from Bakersfield. Red comes down and does a show. Red gets Multiple pissed because times. I complimented his hat. Red said, I know yeah. how little kids are, and you're complimenting it, thinking I'm going to give it to you, and you're not going to get it. He ain't getting his hat. Red put on put on some shows there, though. Red Red had a good time. Then Kathy Westmoreland, Elvis's background singer, the last seven years of his life, she came in. She did. She, she got was, on Larry King. She got on and Larry she promoted King. Promoted it, yeah, and promoted it. But that turned into a shit show. That was a bid. That wasn't a good deal. It started off with the fact that she broke down in a little like weird Astro van. Thing. Yeah, in a minivan with her hound dog, and Gosh, she that... got up there and she's like, "Well, I gotta pl- have a place to leave my dog." And my mom was like, why would she bring a dog up here if she didn't have a place to bring it, like take it to? So this dog had to stayed with us. Stayed with us and it cried all night. And then she- Wayne Moore, our dad's like one of his best friends in life, and he was there'll be an episode about Wayne Moore. But Wayne Moore was he had been called because I was playing guitar four and i was only 13 or 14 and so dad thought man ain't gonna be able to handle this all on his own i'll call wayne 
shit, Wayne could hardly handle it either. He didn't know. Well, Kathy started doing all these songs and in in the flats and 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 so Wayne was up there and I remember after that night after that dog was there he woke up and he said man I slept like a dog last night you know what he told me at the prompt nugget parking lot he said Cole I'm dog tired I'm I said dog you not sleep tired. at all he said no I'm just tired of that dog <laughs> uh, uh yeah, and then yeah, then so that show happened, and then Kathy threw a fit over the entourage. jacuzzi room. She wanted a jacuzzi room and and tickets for all of her entourage, and that's <laughs> and where Dad drew the line. Dad's like Kathy, listen here. Kathy and our dad dated right after Elvis died, and they quickly realized they shouldn't date; they should just be buddies. And, and that was kind of the last time they ever talked. It was the last time they ever talked because Dad, Dad was, was like, like I ain't gonna I can, deal with her shit. I can do a show too. So you can go back home. Well, he told her that because she's like, I won't be doing the show. I'll call and Dad Joni was just Camp. like, yeah. If you remember, I think Dad said that. I'll call Joni Camp in here. Yeah. He wasn't taking her shit and her entourage and all of the whatever she was. Or maybe he was. said, I'll call my daughter. I don't <laughs> oh, know. No. Dad wasn't She got deal to thinking it. she was Elvis that night, and she quickly got over it. And and she and, put the show on and apologized and yeah. did her show. But they didn't talk after that. I don't think Kathy was, was hip on Dad after that, no. nor was he. Uh, then was, Dad... Well, then Dad brought back Red Simpson again with Gib Gibbo from the Flying Burrito Brothers. That was Brothers. a pretty fun show. And that was a good time. Yeah. That was a good time. That was the night Gib gave me his broke guitar pit. Yes. I, I picked it up off stage. I said, Gib, I think you dropped something. Because it said his name on it. I was about seven or eight. Gib, Gib had an awesome guild guitar that said Gib Gibbo in the neck. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, he did. I hope Ronnie has that now. I'm sure, I'm sure he, does. he does. It was pretty cool. I thought he was really cool. Uh We'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Tough Coat, in Bentonville, Arkansas. With over 20 years of experience, they continue to keep a total commitment to customer satisfaction. Tough Coat is the only place to go for your spray and bed liner, custom tumbler cups, and waterproofing. Go visit toughcoatbentonville.com or call 479-715-6039 and schedule your appointment today. Tell them the Reeves brothers sent you. Then one night, like in a weird small town exchange of horse trading and money matt ended up like he was like 13 or 14 and now we told you at the beginning of the show that they just kind of let us run wild at this place matt worked a deal with this lady named tonya tonya uh to buy this 1978 camaro uh berlinetta berlinetta for six hundred dollars and then at the end of the show she wanted 800 for it but i was like listen there ain't no way my dad would pay eight hundred dollars for that Camaro. <laughs> and I remember when we were leaving that night, Dad was like, "Yeah, I, I guess I'll buy it." And then she drove it to the house, or somehow it ended up. It ran. It ran. I got, I got a nineteen seventy. It was a seventy-seven, I think. I don't think it was a seventy-eight. But anyways, I digress. It did run. And remember, there was a weird deal because her husband that she was getting divorced from was still on the title and it said uh and instead of or on the title tonya and her husband so he had to like come over and sign it off and uh she couldn't just sell it (laughs) and yeah i got myself i consider that my first car yeah it was kind of cool it was brown 
Yeah, it was brown and kind of like rust brown. <laughs> yeah, and it sat out there. Uh, it sat out there by the in the backyard by the horses. On medicine man, on yeah. medicine man for forever. And I'd sit in there and dream of the day. And finally, Dad was just like, "We're selling this car." Finally, and Dad he was, was like, like, "I'll just buy you world. one." He's like, "Our our dad always had high hopes that he'd restore a car, and our dad could barely change the oil on a car." And so finally, he was just like, "Listen, Dad ain't never going to be able to fix this." <laughs> up so you know what one day he i remember he's like daddy will just get you a car that's already fixed up when the time comes and he did he got me a 75 75 camaro Camaro that i sold and it lives about five houses down from my mom currently she drives past it every day yeah that was a good car that was fine caleb when you get ready you know dog shoot that Merrill back my way saddle west had some characters too i mean it's like uh, I'll never for, Margaret from the gift shop. Yeah. Uh, ever, we would, I'd run around the gift shop, and I would make tip money from singing, and then I'd go buy people little gifts from the gift shop. Oh, yeah. Uh, and actually, some Jan Jensen still has her little snow globe that I got her that says Jan, or bracelet that says Jan. I, I got a girl named Kelly. Shops. I will tell you this. I got a girl named Kelly. Uh, she was in my third grade class, and I got her a little snow globe that said Kelly on it. And Kelly. she met. she found me on social media just – probably less than a year ago and she sent me a message and said i just want to tell you i don't know if you remember me or not but i still have your snow globe that you gave me in the third grade i thought that was really sweet that was so margaret worked at the gift shop and dad used to always go and as me again margaret (laughs) and boy she loved it she'd die laughing yeah, her yeah. and Dad had a weird little deal with Ray Stevens. Oh, Margaret. It's Margaret me again, Margaret. Right outside of that little gift shop. So you walked out of the doors of the Saddle West, or uh, out of the bingo slash showroom, and you were in the gift shop. Well, there was a couple pay phones there, and our dad had his guitar player, OD. OD, OD would have to go, and on breaks, he, had, well, he only got one break because our dad only believed in one break. Yeah, and he would have to call his wife. He'd have to call his wife on those breaks. Or he, OD was a naughty boy. Uh, OD had gotten <laughs> caught in a, some scandalous in action, a, in a little scandalous uh, affair it, while yeah, working of, at the stage stop. He would he wouldn't he was no longer <laughs> he had to, he had to stay on the line when he when he wasn't picking he was talking when he to went his to work at the Jack Reeves show he had to bring let's just say an extra few quarters for some phone calls on the breaks yeah and he did he used that payphone he did oh I remember he was one yeah. of the last people I've ever seen actually <laughs> use a payphone he would go to the restroom and he'd go over to yeah, after that he would walk to the payphone cell phones ladies and gentlemen were prevalent. He did not use the cell phone, though. No, and a cell phone at that time was kind of a big deal because I remember dad, it was kind of a big deal Dad had one. Oh, well, Like, maybe. not a lot of people had them. He had the cellular one. Our dad was an avid user of, yeah, he had a a Nokia. User of cellular one and the I Nokia mean, phone with the snake on phones. it. Yeah. But not everybody. Not OD. OD did. OD didn't. I don't think Bert did either. Uh, Maybe not. I remember Bert's little flip phone. Bert was our dad's bass player as well. And Bert was kind of like, kept the band more hip Bert would learn all the new country stuff and dad dad would be like damn it Bert gets all the good ones <laughs> he did because Bert was a patriot too oh he and was anytime there was like a where were you in the world stop turning or only, only in America. America that our dad really loved and dad couldn't learn songs fast anymore because uh, because his mind just wasn't that sharp and Bert sh- Bert would hear it twice and he'd be like this is Bert's song la da 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 and dad like damn it Bert got that one yeah Bert Bert. Bert. I love Bert. Bert is, Bert is Bert. legitimately like our uncle. Uh, and then, 
Hector, the security guard, he was always cool, too. Hector he was, was young. Kind of, Hector, well, oh, probably in his late 20s. Oh, I don't even think he was late. I think it was probably earlier 20s, like like probably like 23, 24. I think he's in his 40s now. You think? Yeah, he ain't that much older than me. Oh. Well, Hector was just he- a Hector of a nice guy. He was. He would watch Cole and I. Our mom would go out to the pool. They're, we're going to sound like rednecks right now. Our mom would go out there, and she'd have her little Marlboro lights, and – our mom did not smoke a whole lot, but she'd go out there and she'd watch me and Cole swim while dad was performing. And and then we, we'd swim and she'd smoke probably four or five Marlboro Lights in that two, three hours that we'd be out there. But every now and then she'd have to go in there to tell dad we weren't dead at the pool. Or work his merch table. Remember, because she yeah. would sell dad CDs back Yeah, there. and so Hector would be like, Sue, listen, I'll watch the kids. <laughs> and he'd hang there with us for about five minutes while she'd be gone. Yeah, I kind of met like my little third grade girlfriend there at the pool during the summer, and then she oh. was just moving there. They were staying at the RV park, her and her parents. Oh. And then afterwards, uh, she started going to my school. Summer loving yeah. happens so she fast. She was like, "Oh, you're the cute boy that you're you're your the cute boy in the military fatigues to catch up and sing songs to her about putting a boot in an ass." <laughs> You're that cute kid that sings the Toby Keith song at your dad's shows. I am. You're the cute kid with the country singing superstar father. Well. Well, I mean, I'm not to say that I get free pictures of apple juice after my dad gets off work and we go to the restaurant, but I do. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, you want a brand name country superstar, baby, you're going to have to deal with some things. Honey. One of those is going to be me wearing military fatigues at eight years old. If so. you ever want to come out after a show and get free meatloaf on my dad, come down, midnight. <laughs> hey, she did, and and her and dad, her dad and... and uh, and our dad kind of talked. Her dad was, her dad was, I'm not, I don't mean to digress off this, but her dad was a serious, straight up badass. He was like, he was like dad's age. He had a kid late in life too, but he was like Burt Reynolds. He had a badass mustache. He combed his hair back and it was at salt and pepper. And he wore like, he had a plethora of turquoise jewelry. He wasn't messing around. No. And he, and at that time he, he had that brand new model Ford pickup when they changed the body style in like 04. Oh yeah. And man. I was like, you don't the one that's sitting at Bobby Woods' shop right now. No, the, oh, the next one. The next one when it was like brand new, the square bodies. Uh huh. I was like, dude, this guy has got his shit together. So anyway, I really liked him. Uh, he was a nice guy. He just passed away. Anyway, I digress. Uh, and then Branham's like that bracelet. I don't know anything about this. I thought I knew something about his bracelet. I don't know what damn thing. <laughs> Yeah, Matt and I, or we, we, we were talking about some stuff, and, and Matt it had his story so far crossways. He didn't know where if he was coming or going. Uh, one day we were sitting down there at breakfast, and this guy came out that was the waiter. His name was Richard. He was a Hispanic fellow, one of the sweetest dudes you'd want to ever meet. And he had this amazing diamond bracelet. And our dad was like, Richard. That bracelet's amazing. So every time he'd come in, Dad would be like, I love the bracelet, Richard. <laughs> and then finally one day, Richard's like, Jack, I need money. Jack, I need money. And he was a young kid. I think he was wanting to go back to college or something. I don't know. Or he was moving back to Vegas. I don't know what he, why he needed the money. Maybe Mom does. Uh, and Dad goes, well. Maybe we should have Mom on, mom on here as a guest. Oh, you think Lord. she'd do it? No. I don't oh. think she would. Uh so Richard's like, listen, Jack, I'll sell it to you for $1,200. You can take it over to the pawn shop right now, and they will vouch that it's worth more than that. So Dad said, I'll tell you what. If the pawn shop will tell you tell me that this bracelet is worth 
what you say it's worth, which I think Richard was like, it's a two thousand dollar bracelet. I, it was more than that because maybe thirty five hundred. It was thirty five hundred because the pawn shop was like, we'd give you thirty five hundred for it now. And Dad was like, whoa, <laughs> he's already made. He's like, Jack, I'm a I man will, of my word. I'm a man of my word. I told you I wanted twelve hundred dollars for it. I know you love my bracelet. So he sells Dad. He me and Dad drove over to the pawn shop, I, Super Pawn and Perup, in his little black Cadillac. Dad buys it. Uh, unfortunately, Dad went to Nashville and was clapping in tootsies, and it fell off his wrist, and he never saw it again. He was clapping for for a shitty rendition of Working Man Blues. And he lost his $3,000 bracelet. That's the life in Nashville. Hey, that's showbiz, baby. That's showbiz. And then eventually our dad kind of started taking some work a little outside of Saddle West. We'd go to Vegas on Saturday nights at a really shitty place called the Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Uh, that had a mechanical bull in it. Uh that I would try to ride, and I would always get to eat there. He only cream. played there. A lot. He only played there a Handful couple of times. times. Yeah, like two weeks shut down. I feel like Dad showed up and they were closed. No, they shut it down on him because he <laughs> he he was like, "All right, cool. I've worked your bar. I want to get my money." Mike Hickey got him that job. Uh-huh. Mike Hickey is a legend now in Pahrump. He was uh, in he was out in Vegas, but he's a blues man. He's a blues picker. A and Dad was always like, I respect that Mike Hickey because he always makes good money. And uh, he does not let the bars knock his price he down. He negotiate. He, he didn't. He did not the price negotiate his price. Mike the price didn't. is not negotiable. And so he told me, he's like, hey, Jack Reeves, he's going to need $700 a night too. And Dad, at that time, that's 2003. I've said it before. I'll say it again. That was pre-Silent Depression era. That was good money. That was good money. And Dad gave each of these guys 100 bucks a piece, which was also good money. He'd he put took a, 400 He'd put a gallon of water in that radiator and drive old Blue over the hill, over you the hump in Las Vegas. straight. Well, the last night, he 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 came to get paid. And and they were like, listen, we don't have your money. And Dad's like, well, somebody better start finding my money. They're like, well, we just didn't make enough. And he's like, well, you did. And I'm going to sit here until I find somebody's ass to get <laughs> They did give him his money. You ever notice that Dad was a little like Red Foreman? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. If there was an ass to kick, he wanted it, to find it. He wanted to find it and, uh, and make it vocally known that he was going. Yeah, and so finally they must have uh, they must have heeded to his threat because they paid him out in quarters. Yeah, I remember they that. were just they took him out in his out. office. Yeah, they, they were counting out quarters. Office and to was him. like, here you go. And he's like, good. And he told him, he's like, don't book anybody else here if you can't if you don't have the money up front to pay him. And they never booked him. In fact, they closed down about a week later. Yep, the roadhouse was no more. There was no more roadhouse. I wish we could find a picture of that place. I remember, I remember a guy it. came in there one night, and he liked me singing so much. When I was eight years old, he gave me a silver dollar from his jewelry store. I remember the guy that did uh, did the guitar picking and the singing to the karaoke tracks. He was Dad's mm-hmm. opening act. Yeah, I remember that guy, too. And Dad was like, I like this guy. I'm going to help him get some gigs. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch a whole lot of Dad's shows back at that place because I don't think they would let me in the bar part there. I don't I just know. in the restaurant. The Roadhouse was pretty wild. Also, that was one of the last times that I've seen Jack Reeves try to be picked up by, like, a 35-year-old woman. And she was all about Jack Reeves. And the Avi, that, that happened, though. Well, yeah. I don't think that. I think that that was after the Avi. And so. Man, I'm talking about the Avi when we played there. And that woman came up and was like, the way that man moves on stage. Oh, God. Gag me with a like, spoon. That guy's like seventy-seven years old. Yeah. Well, hey. yeah. You know what? Good for you, Dad. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, that's kind of the saga. Eventually, it just kind of dwindled out there, Saddle, Saddle West, 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 because it uh, 
I think they were going to have to pay dad another hundred dollars if it went on. And, and the owner kind of, he, I don't think he liked dad. The owner didn't. And dad had gotten the gig through a guy named Roy Brown. Yeah. Roy was a good guy. Roy was a hell of a dude, he and dad. he loved our dad. And they kind of had like grand schemes of things. They were going to put an amphitheater outside and start bringing people in. And Roy ended up leaving because of some uh, discrepancies with the owner himself. And then Dad tried to get another buddy of his to become the manager over there, Dave. Dave Grieber. Yeah, after David left Longstreet, which is another loved venue. Dave Grieber. Oh, no, yeah. He was like and Dave that was man. a good dude. He was. I love Dave Gruber too. He's and, a real nice uh, guy. Uh, and yeah. So, and anyways, now we're going to be just, full yeah. circle. Full circle. We're going to be back there, staying there. Yeah, we're going to we're going to be just, staying. That's all we can say about that at the at the Saddle West due to surprise things. But so we will be staying there. Yeah. Anyways, it'll be good to get back to Pahrump, y'all. And back uh, to the basics. Yeah. We wanted to do this week's episode about this because this is a year since our dad passed away and we were thinking about episodes to do. And, uh, and like we said, he's a, he's the biggest part of the reason that we're musicians and we do what we do. And so you're going to get a lot of these stories because there's a ton of them. Uh, a ton. A ton of them. We lived an interesting life and uh, a lot of it was lived when we were kids because our dad was such an interesting guy. But, yeah, we hope you enjoyed the show today, y'all. We are going to call it a night because, like I said, we've got 3 a.m. van call. It's 10.30 a.m. right now, and we have got – or p.m. Yeah. right now. Post Meridian. Yeah, 10.30 p.m., and we got to be up at 3 a.m. Not 3.30, 3, 3 a.m. Scotty changed her on me. So I don't do that every now and then. Yeah, Cole's so, yeah. already yawning. He's got to go down to the laundromat and get – Get them clothes washed. I got to do laundry, and I also uh, have to go to the gym. So, Cole's gonna go to the gym. So, anyways, anyways y'all, I do want to. I don't want to forget to thank Tough Coat one more time. If you oh, don't please. mind, please. No, I don't mind at all. Let me tell, tell you, them about Hefe. Oh gosh, I love doing this. Tough Coat is some wonderful and dear friends of ours out northwest Arkansas. Yeah, and uh, they're they're just simply the people you want to go to if you're looking for spray and bed liner, custom tumbler cups, or waterproofing. Uh, they have over 20 years of experience. They're the nicest people in town. They'll treat you right. and uh, They and, sure will. Yeah. They'll have you coming back for more. So make sure yeah. to get down there, toughcoatbentonville.com, or call 479-715-6039. And don't forget, when you go down there and get that spray-in bed liner, you're keeping this podcast going. So thank you guys so much. We do appreciate Tough Coat. Thank you guys for keeping us going. And, uh, and we love you guys for listening to the podcast. podcast. And once again, you can support us by going to Patreon and finding patreon.com slash the Reeves Bros or leaving a review or just sharing it with one friend of yours. Yeah, we appreciate y'all. The Reeves Brothers love you, and we hope to see you out on the road. And on that note, sayonara. We're brothers up the road. We lost all our control, and we won't hang it up for anyone. We'll keep right on going. The wind just won't stop blowing this old silver side of us on through the night. We'll keep right on going. The wind just won't stop blowing this old silver side of us on through the night.